Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome along to this episode of La Liga Lowdown, also broadcast on Sirius XM FC 157. This is our Match Day 4 recap and I'm your host, Hugh McTeer. We have contributions from across Spain coming up as we forget the international break ever happened and get stuck right into Spanish club football. The front pages of Spain's newspapers this weekend were mostly focused on the Basketball World Cup final and Spain's victory. Fair enough, but a 16-year-old kid from Guinea-Bissau in West Africa put together a performance so special that some papers had to put him as their cover story. That's right, Ansu Fati was given his first Barcelona start in the Catalan side's 5-2 victory over Valencia and the boy born on the night of Halloween in the year 2002, back when I was already getting a little bit too old to wander around my neighbourhood dressed as Spider-Man trick-or-treating. Yes, that kid, born on that night just less than 17 years ago, scored and assisted in the first six minutes of the match. We'll get into that Barcelona versus Valencia match soon. We'll also discuss Real Madrid's victory, Atletico Madrid's defeat. We'll speak to Spanish stadia expert Chris Clements about the new look arena at Real Sofidad. We'll speak to Villarreal fan Alan Dodson about their weird start to the season and lots more. But let's begin with the new La Liga leaders. Let's begin with Seville-based friend of the show, Gregor Chappelle, and discuss Sevilla, who went top with a 1-0 victory away at Alaves after summer signing Joan Jordan scored the only goal of that game. And we'll also reflect on Real Betis, who drew 1-1 with Itafi to make it just four points from their first four games. Gregor, Sevilla are the new La Liga leaders. How impressive have they been so far this campaign, especially since they've already won three matches on the road? 
No, it's been a fantastic start to the season for them to be sitting on 10 points um, after four games and now top of the league. It's not something a lot of people would have expected at the start of the season, maybe, with the massive overhaul of the, the playing staff and the new manager coming in. And, you know, they should have won the game against Celtic. We go at home, they dominated. They were unlucky to concede late on and drop two points. But yeah, it's very, very promising for them. And what's the overall mood like in Seville around Sevilla right now after this summer of change with the return of Monchi, the hiring of Julian Lopetegui, the signing of 13 players? No, the fans are really positive. They're really excited, optimistic. And why wouldn't they be to be top of the league at this point? Albeit only four games in is really encouraging for them. I know that Lopetegui has come out in the press and he's tried to play down the good start to the season. He's recognised that they've started really strongly but he's also emphasised that you know it's a long road ahead it's a long season and uh, he's probably just trying to stop the fans from getting to carried away with a good start they've made and in terms of Monchi um, it seems like he's been an absolutely superb signing for them it's been a, coup, a huge coup for them to get him back in the club so far from what we've seen he's done some really good business the players seem to have gelled almost immediately Real Betis, on the other hand, they've had a tough start. They're the opposite of Sevilla in the sense that three of their matches so far have been home games, yet they only have four points at this stage of the season. Gregor, that's a bit disappointing, no? Yeah, it's been a poor start uh, in comparison to their neighbours. And also they've got a fan base that are notorious for being quite impatient. And Ruby's going to hope that, going to have to hope that they give him some time and they, they're patient enough with him and give him time to implement his own philosophy on the club but yeah it's been a very disappointing start for them And what about Ruby's impact Gregor? Last season with Kiki Setien they were pass pass, pass, pass and lacked something in attack. Have you noticed any evolution so far under Ruby? The biggest change really is coming to defence um, in comparison to last season Setien liked to play with three centre backs um, whereas Ruby likes to play with a flat back four two centre-backs I mean that meant against Hitafe that Mark Barcher had to miss out but it gives them a stronger base to start from and it means they can play out from the back with relatively less risk because at times last season with the with the back three it left them exposed at times and led to a few problems but this this in this system you know they play from the back to like a midfield three who then feed a very dangerous front three I mean Fekir, Canales and Borja Iglesias they could cause anybody problems in this league on their day um, I mean in a lot of ways it's similar to Setien's approach like they play a lot of possession football quick passes but you know he's not afraid to mix things up when he has to I think a lot of fans maybe got frustrated with Setien last season he was quite stubborn in his approach didn't want to change things up um, okay, maybe the results at this point in the season so far haven't been superb, but the fans, if, hopefully, if they're patient with them, um, like I said before, sometimes I'm not the most patient ever. Um, I think his system could work because he played some really good football at Espanyol this season, and yeah, he's definitely got the players to do well this year, so I don't see why not. Thanks for that, Gregor. So, Sevilla are top of the table. They've taken top spot away from Atletico Madrid, who lost their 100% record as they fell to a lacklustre 2-0 defeat away at Real Sociedad. Norway's Martin Odegaard was excellent and scored the first goal before former Arsenal man Nacho Monreal added the second on his debut at a goal-mouth scramble. This was a really special day for Real Sociedad fans as it was their first home match of the season at the redeveloped Anoeta Stadium, now called the Reale Arena. 
If you ever have a question about Spanish Stadia, then Chris Clements is your guy. He's the man behind the always informative Estadios de España Twitter account, and I caught up with him to ask about Real Sofidad's new look ground. Chris, first of all, what was your initial impression from seeing Anueta or the Reali Arena on TV in that match against Atletico Madrid? It looked great, didn't it? It did. It, it's you know a pleasure to see another Athletics track uh, disposed of and uh, and it returning or, or becoming, shall we say, uh, a, a proper football stadium. Um, and uh, certainly the atmosphere yesterday, probably helped by a result, was um, uh, w- w- was was fantastic and, and a record crowd for a football game in uh, San Sebastian as well. Tell us a little bit about the history of Anoeta and about why they wanted to make the changes that they have. Okay, so Real Sociedad moved to Anoeta uh, back in 1993, and uh, they'd left uh, Tocha, which was, you know, a real old school, claustrophobic and intense uh, atmosphere. So, from being less than a few feet away from more the Gormax action, um, most of the crowd at Anoeta would be up to 50 metres away. So it, it was a bit of a culture shock for them um, because, uh, you know, this was a stadium which um, really was very attractive uh, uh, athletics uh, stadium. But as, as most of us know, uh, that doesn't necessarily make it a particularly great uh, for, for football matches. Um, and then there's been talk about removing the track a number of occasions. And finally, they came to an agreement in 20, and agreed upon a design back in 2014. And how important is this new look stadium, this new version of Anoeta going to be for Real Sofitad going forward? They've dug down, they've got rid of the track, they've got the fans up close now to the pitch. Can this really be a driving force behind an exciting new era for the club? Uh, potentially, you know, it, it, it could be. I mean, let, let's not forget that you do need a good team. And during that period of time when Anoeta was, as we say, just an athletic stadium, there were two very good sides that Real Sociedad had. You know, providing that the academy and the, 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 the behind the scenes continues to produce uh, quality players and they can keep hold of them, um, then they, they now have a, an arena which um, you know can support the team, make it very difficult to uh, make it a very difficult and intense arena for them. And of course, then there's the added um, uh, bonus of um, uh, 32,000 season ticket holders this year. Lots of exciting stuff going on at Real Sociedad, but they're not the only club that have been working on their stadium over the past year. We've also seen Ibar and Real Valladolid as well doing some work on the ground, Real Madrid too. How significant is it, Chris, for Spanish football as a whole that clubs are striving to improve their stadia? I, th- I think, you know, the, the, they would have done this much earlier if it wasn't for a couple of factors. One is being the Spanish economy. So even if you look at the way in which Anoeta has been developed, um, there has been, I think it was 40, 45, 47 million pounds has been spent by uh, on this redevelopment, but not all by the club. There's been the municipality and the local government that have spent money on this as well. So Spain, since, two, since the financial crash in 2008, Spain has not had the um, fallback of um, municipal uh, government money uh, to develop. Uh, and, and many stadiums are 
either part or, or wholly owned by the municipality. So there has been, they have been lagging behind. If you've seen the developments in France and Germany and the UK, um, there hasn't been, uh, it's, been, it's been a quiet period of stadium development this last 10 years. Atletico Madrid lost, but the white half of Madrid enjoyed a happier Saturday as Real Madrid defeated Levante 3-2. I was along at the Bernabeu for this one as Eden Hazard made his long-awaited debut following a month out with injury. Real Madrid goals all game in the first half, two for Karim Benzema and one for Casemiro. Levante got two back after the break and Zinedine Zidane admitted afterwards that there may have been some international break tiredness. But what mattered to Real Madrid is that they got the victory and they made up some ground on neighbours at Leti. Now they turn their focus to difficult trips to Paris Saint-Germain and to Sevilla in the Champions League and in La Liga. Here comes the 38-year-old and it's saved! Brilliant from Reina and disappointment for Aduriz. The weekend all started on Friday evening with Athletic Club visiting Real Mallorca. This was an emotional return for Aritz Aduriz, who used to play at Real Mallorca, as we documented in our recent podcast, dedicated entirely to the Bass striker. But this time, he missed a penalty late on after Real Mallorca had missed one too. Both sides will feel that they should have won it, especially Real Mallorca, as they put the ball in the net in the final minute of stoppage time, only for that to be ruled out for offside. So it could have been 2-2, 2-1, 1-1, but it finished 0-0. That's all then for our first half of this La Liga Lowdown Match Day 4 recap. We'll be back to discuss the rest of the weekend's action after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to this week's La Liga Lowdown Match Day Recap. I'm your host, Ewan McTeer, and we're looking back 
on the drama of match day four. It didn't get much more dramatic than at the Camp Nou, where Barcelona defeated Valencia 5-2 on Saturday night, just four days after Valencia sacked their highly successful coach Marcelino for, well, nobody really knows why. We'll get stuck into Valencia in a moment, but first, let's analyse the Barcelona side of this match and the goals from 16-year-old Ansu Fati, from Frankie de Jong, from Gerard Piquet and from the back from injury, Luis Suarez twice. So let's speak to our man in Barcelona, Roman de Arquer. So Roman, we have to start with Ansu Fati. I have a feeling that this will be a night we'll remember in 20 years time, the kind of night when people will ask you, where were you when? Uh, do you agree, was this just an unforgettable night, the birth of Ansu Fati? I mean, it's a delight to watch Ansu Fati. I think it's a very important night, especially for him, of course. He got that goal, he got an assist in barely six minutes against a strong team such as Valencia, even though they're going through their struggles at the moment. I mean, you can tell he's a very smart player. He's got a really good mindset. He's playing like a, like a very mature player, although he makes his mistakes. He's still got so much to evolve. But despite that, he's already scoring these important goals and, and delivering in these important games. So it's, it's just uh, amazing to watch him. He wasn't the only young player though to impress for Barcelona. Frankie de Jong and Artur Melo, they were both excellent as well. How exciting is it for Barcelona to have these players for the future? Well, the future and the present, we have to say. I mean, they're both fundamental. You can tell they, they give the, the Barca an extra um, push in the midfield, also in attack. These two guys are going to be crucial for this team for sure. A slightly older guy is Luis Suarez. He was back from injury. He was back with a bang. What do you expect from him this season? Goals for sure. I mean, he's going to score lots of goals. He's going to be a starter for sure ahead of Ansu Fati, but he's going to still be an important player with Messi up front. It was another game of lots of goals scored by Barcelona and lots conceded. Are you worried that they've let in seven goals already in four league matches? And, and what can be done to fix this? I'm glad you mentioned this because it is one thing I've been focusing on a lot and Barca have been committing a lot of mistakes at the back and it's quite surprising taking into account that the intensity and the pressure um, up front from the players in attack has um, incremented whereas at the back I get a feeling that they've kind of relaxed more because we're used to seeing um, from Valverde's Barca in the last uh, two seasons one of the strong points was the, the defense I mean especially in the first season where Barca only lost one game right at the end against Levante Barca were really strong defending and the second season it wasn't as great but it was still one of our, our strong points I think it's a matter of intensity of focusing more and being more concentrated at the back and it's going to be really important if we want to win titles this season Next up is Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League. That title, Barcelona really want to win. Are you excited, Roman? Are you ready for another Champions League run or does it scare you a little bit, this European competition? No, no. I mean, I'm always ready. It's my favourite competition. It's You get uh, renewed hope every year, even though the Liverpool thing was was really tough and the Roma thing was also very, very tough for us. It's a new season, new players, um, new hopes, you know, so hopefully Barcelona will, will deliver and it's going to be a great game against Borussia. Yeah, that Champions League music, when that starts, it's something special. Another team that will be in the Champions League is Valencia, so we're going to analyse the Valencia aspect of this match next with our very own Paco Pollock. 
Paco, given the events of the past week with Marcelino Sacking, how would you analyse the Valencia performance at the Camp Nou? Well, I guess it had to be expected to some extent that the players wouldn't be in the proper mindset to play such a big game. And it showed in the first five minutes with Barca running circles around them, turning Ansu Fati into a Ballon d'Or candidate right off the bat. Uh, once they were to kneel down, though the steel the team slowly began resembling that Valencia that we have known in the last two seasons. That is Marcelino's Valencia. Nobody could guarantee 100% that Valencia would have won the game with Marcelino on the bench and without all of the drama behind the scenes. But at the same time, we sure can claim that they would have had better chances of picking up points. You mentioned there the slow start, two goals conceded in five minutes. Some will say that's a result of the turmoil off the pitch, but what do you think? Was it related to what happened in the past week or was it just a coincidence? Well, I think it was totally related to Marcelino's sacking. Uh, and again, you only had to see the players' faces when they set foot on the pitch. The, the week has been extremely demanding, extremely tough for this squad because they have seen how their leader, Marcelino, inside the locker room, has been sacked mercilessly and, most importantly, without a proper and believable explanation of the reasons for his dismissal. So, even though some fans are blaming the players for their lack of attitude in the first few minutes, I won't. You know, they did their best, given the circumstances surrounding the game. Barcelona away, it doesn't get much harder than that. Chelsea away in the next game in the Champions League, it doesn't get any easier for Saladis. What does he have to do to have success at Valencia? Or is it impossible for him to actually have success at Valencia? You know, I wouldn't like to be right now in Albert Saladis' shoes. First of all, because he has very big shoes to fill after Marcelino's um, stint in Valencia for the last few years. But I don't really think he will have time to develop new tactics before the trip to London. As a matter of fact, Valencia are playing seven games in 20 days. So that means he won't have time to even train properly. Valencia will play a game, they will recover next day, they will train once more and then play another game. Rinse, repeat. So Celades has a huge challenge. His appointment has been surrounded in controversy for the way Martino was sacked and also for the fact that Celades he traveled to Singapore to meet with Peter Lim when Marcelino was still the coach and not many players liked that move. I, I think he really doesn't know just how tough his task is going to be as Valencia's head coach. Now, let's turn our attention to Villarreal and their first win of the season as they thrashed Leganes 3-0 in Madrid to leave Leganes as the only team without any points. Gerard Moreno was a star man with a brace, in addition to a Jonathan Silva own goal. Alan Dodson of the Villarreal USA SB Nation page joins us now for our Villarreal chat. Alan, how relieved were you that Villarreal were able to hold on to their lead this time and, and even extend it at Leganes? A huge sigh of relief. 
we have had trouble holding on to leads. We've had trouble closing out matches. And it was really nice to see us look so calm and composed and pretty much control the game. How would you analyze that performance? Was it the best performance of the season so far? Or would you say that there's actually been a few good performances already this campaign that just haven't been the results to go with them? I would think the latter. I think, though, we, we've, um, we've always struggled over the last couple of years getting the balance between offense and defense correct. And I think we sometimes play down to the level of our, of our opposition in games like this. And so it wasn't a particularly exciting performance, but I think it was a very effective one. And I think we sometimes need a little more effectiveness and a little less excitement. <laughs> the 4-4 Granada yeah. was a little too excitement. <laughs> too much, too much excitement. Uh, <laughs> lots of excitement, though, around Gerard Moreno. This uh, five goals in, in four games for him, this is the Gerard Moreno we all expected when he returned to Villarreal in the summer of 2018, right? Yes, I think this was, he's looking so much more like the player I remember when he left us and, of course, was not nearly as accomplished, but the same style of player. I think that it's not just the five goals, it's also the fact that he's been providing a lot of key passes. Um, he, he's just a really good link-up player, and when he when he's on the way he has been, and we can link up other strikers and other and attacking midfielders with him as kind of the kind of the center, that's really important. I, I think all of us last year were just so bemused because he seemed to get really down on himself early on, and maybe he felt the pressure of coming back. But this year so far has just been great. Yeah, he really has been, and I think overall my impression of Villarreal has been a positive one. I think they should have more points than they do. What are your ambitions for this season? Last year, I think a lot of people expected them to at least get Europa League, maybe push for the top four. They clearly didn't. This year, what do you expect? Europa League qualification? I think we kind of look at it as looking at the talent on the roster and looking at the at the ability that we have. Um, Europa League is certainly is certainly possible. It's one of the things of the TV money um, redo a couple of years back is that it's much more, the middle of the table is much more competitive than it used to be. So I think for us, it's going to be important to um, to play well in those games against direct rivals and, uh, you know, taking taking three points rather than one off a, off another team that's that's going for Europe but I think we probably I view this as sort of a transitional year in some ways um, after what happened last year this year without Europe it's we have a little less demands on our on our roster um, which is which is probably good in some ways given that we don't really have more than about three center backs hopefully what will help us is the fact that we aren't in Europe this year will help us in pushing for it for next year Thanks for that, Alan. Now, let's look around La Liga at the other results of the weekend. On Sunday lunchtime, Eibar returned to Iberia for their first home game of the season and all was going to plan as they led Espanyol 1-0 thanks to an Ivan Ramis header. But in the space of three minutes and one Jose Luis Mendilibar death stare, Eibar conceded twice to Facundo Ferreira and Esteban Granero and lost Ramis to what looks like a knee injury. They lost that one 2-1. Later on Sunday, Granada kept up their really impressive start to the season with a 2-0 win at Celta Vigo, who played the final hour with just nine men after red cards for Jorge Sainz and Fran Beltran. 
Granada scored just 24 goals in 21 away matches last season on their way to promotion from the second division. Already this year, after just three away games, they have nine goals. That's four more than any other La Liga side. So Granada certainly aren't looking like relegation contenders right now. Meanwhile, two of the other pre-season relegation candidates, Real Valladolid and Osasuna, squared off at the Jose Zorilla. Osasuna, who scored for Robert Ibanez, will feel that they should have won this one, but a wonder strike from way downtown from Pablo Hervias on his return from a serious knee injury meant that this one finished 1-1. So that's been your La Liga lowdown for match day four. We'll be back next week. Thanks to all of this week's contributors and thanks to you for listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.